Esteban, can you uh, say, this is Esteban Oreo, listen to the Hard Luck Show, motherfuckers, Monday, Wednesday, Friday? This is Esteban Oreo, listen to the Hard Rock Show, Monday, Hard. Wednesday, Friday, motherfucker. Good morning, and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky McJohn. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned in to the greatest show on earth, the Hard Luck Show, coming at you from the Pico Youth and Family Center in the city of Santa Monica, California. Today, sitting across from me is my co-host and partner, Shumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, Elegant Barbarian, also known as the Sadistic One. Come on with me on a little dark journey, you crazy fuckers. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds. I'm talking to you right now. Wake up! Wake up! And on sound, old blue eyes. Sean Lewis. Certified on Yeah! An engineer! For the hard luck show, baby. Yeah! Let me run the field for you. And our producer, oh, extraordinaire. Mr. Schwartz. Yo, yo. What's up, What's up brother? What you doing, Schwartz? Keeping it blunted, man. Yeah. He's an herbalist. I'm an herbalist. I'm herbalist. I want ball. Elevation. Yeah. yeah. I want ball. And on visuals, it's Ali. Ali Baba and the 40 Thieves. Ali Baba and the 40 Thieves. Ali Baba and the 40 Thieves. Hey, what's up, bro? It's Ali on the visuals. You already know. You already know. You know what time it is. Uh, what's up, fellas? And on photography today, we've got Mike Angelo. Hey, what's up, y'all? What's up, Hard Luck Show? Big Mike. We have Oh yes, go for it Ladies and gentlemen, straight from the moon We have Palmist Extraordinaire Luna Say hello to everybody Hey y'all Hey Luna Luna the Palmist is sitting in on this show today with us Oh dude, we tried to get rid of her We're like, hey Luna, the show's over She's like Who's the next guest? No, I'm staying yes, right here. Isn't that right true? Here. Yeah. Why, Jumon? Why? Wait, wait, hold on. Why? Wait, before we get there, without saying his name, tell us why you wanted to stay for the show and what it meant to you and why it was such a great surprise to hear this. Oh, because I have been um, following against the stream meditation and uh, I've just heard so much about him. I 
really resonate with a lot of like the Buddhist um, principles. So yeah, it was. Are you a little like, nervous now that this this yeah, Bodhisattva has come <laughs> yeah, inside? Definitely. A little nervous. Like the, All right. The mentor so, to my mentor. So I was like, oh my god. I have to awesome man, Chumah man. Let these people know what's about to happen. All right, look. It's time to get off your stupa, motherfuckers, because <laughs> right about now against the stream, it is Noah Levine, friend of the show, uh, spiritual leader to the stars. Everybody knows that. Um, Mr. Levine, Noah, right? Two by two, saving God's people. Uh, tell us what's going on, what's new. Welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome Again. back. Yeah, yeah, man. Yo, yeah. just stoked to be here. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, I'm a fan of the show, and uh, you know, here to to have the conversation. Well, let's yeah. let's start yeah, right hold here. On, hold on. When's the last time we had him on? Oh, I'm gonna tell you. Orange County. Orange County. Old. In fact, you ran over Steve's cell phone. In fact, remember? he got us kicked out. <laughs> oh, really? He got us kicked out. Of your... Kicked out of my office because oh, yeah, his 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 motorcycle was too right, loud, right, 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 and the right. landlord came over sweating and spitting, right, and he was like, right. "You gotta get out of here! What is this? Some kind of serial killer?" And we're yeah, like, "Actually, yeah, no. This is a Buddhist monk, <laughs> motherfucker. Like, what do you think?" Remember that? Yeah, I remember trying push starting his motorcycle. Somehow <laughs> my fucking gotta, phone falls on the floor and we run right over the motherfucker. I, I got a long history getting people booted out of their spots. Yeah. You know, hey, that's why, that's why they call you the booted out Buddha. That's right. right. All right, let's go. That's how we fucking roll on the show. I like that. So, but, but. The last time we had a discussion with you, Tin Nick Tan was still alive. That's true. What do you have anything to say or some observations about the passing of Tin Nick Tan? Uh, I mean, I don't have a lot to say. He was one of the teachers that inspired me. I, I spent, uh, I did a couple of retreats with him, went to a bunch of lectures, you know, in my early, like one of the early Buddhist books that inspired me was his book called A Miracle of Mindfulness. And, right. it, and his teachings are just so clear and simple. And, you know, so I'm just, I'm a fan. He, he inspired me. I, I count him as one of my teachers. Right. And so some people, like when I talk to them about Tin Nectan, it's interesting. I get some people who think he's like in some ways too soft. I've actually heard that from people that say he's too accepting, too soft. You need more rigorousness. What are your thoughts on, on that? Or does that even matter? Uh, I don't think it matters, but I tend to land in that school too of the kind of... Um, you know, could use a little bit more intensity in the practice, a little uh, longer meditations, longer, a uh, little bit more um, kind of depth of, you know, he, I think he was, my feeling about Thich Nhat Hanh is like, he's so good for beginners. Right. If you're just learning meditation, he was so good as an intro. And then if you've done a lot of really deep practice, he's also really good at helping people integrate mindfulness into everything. But there was the people who just, you know, started, you know, beginning, middle, end with him that never went very deep into meditation, only doing like 20 minutes instead of doing like hour long or two hour long, you know, going a bit deeper into meditation. What, what is the benefit of going deeper? Let's say that because I hear that there's a lot of people that are like, look, you know, let's give them the pop tart like, you know, meditation to get them started. Yeah. Right. But what do you not get if that's where you stay? You don't get concentrated enough to precisely clearly experience the impermanent impersonal and unsatisfactory nature of 
everything that you experience because you kind of stay surface. You sort of see impermanence, but the concentration that happens in longer, silent, deeper meditations reveals reality in mm-hmm. a way that a 20-minute or a 10-minute or you know your five minutes on your meditation app, it's going to help you relax a little bit. But going into silence for a week, doing hour-long meditations, you know, all day, every day is going to get your mind so much clearer that, like, your whole body will dissolve, your whole sense of self will disappear, and, you know, of course, it'll reappear, but you'll get some awareness that you'll be able to integrate with someone like Thich Nhat Hanh, who's like, okay, now that you've seen reality... Be mindful of doing the dishes when you're doing the dishes. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, when you hit the red light, be mindful of your breath as you're sitting in traffic. Like that integration shit, so important for our daily life. But there's a depth that you can't get from short meditations. Let me ask you this. Um, let me ask you this. Would you say that, you know, you come into it, you come into it like he's saying, Pop-Tart, mm-hmm. 10 minutes, mm-hmm. 15 minutes. I mean, I think... To be honest with you, bro, I think May 20, 25 minutes was my world record. My regular area is like that, 9 to 10 minutes. Because I check the clock afterwards always to see. I lose track of time. But all I wanted to say was, if done consistently, will it grow on its own? Probably. With consistency. If you allow it to, right? I think a lot of people, when they're meditating, they they set their alarm. Right. And then it's like the alarm goes off and they're done and they never allow it to grow. Like I think if somebody just was like, I'm going to meditate every day for as long as seems appropriate. And in the beginning it's five minutes and then it's nine minutes and then it's 20 minutes. At some point you're going to be able to get to the point where you're like, I'm just here and it's been 40 minutes or it's been an hour and I've watched the, the patterns and the waves of emotion come through. And there's been the discomfort and my body hurts and I'm just tolerating it. And right. there's the, the fear is arising or the doubt or the right. planning. And you're just watching it arise and pass. And if you don't set your alarm and be like, well, it's been 20 minutes, so I'm done. You never got to see getting past it or yeah. observing all of it. I mean, I, I tend to encourage people in the beginning, you know, 20, 30 minutes is fine. In refuge recovery, we do a 20 minute meditation from the beginning. So that's the sort of the, 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 the um, minimum. You're sitting for 20 minutes. But then if they come on retreat, then they're sitting for 45 minutes. And then my, my encouragement is like, you know, set the alarm for 40 or 45 minutes and then just stay no matter what happens until you get there. <clears throat> Let me ask you this, too, um, because when I try to explain um, one of the really big gifts for meditation, we just had a show recently where I kind of took people on like a, a light meditation. A guide. Like a little guided meditation, just off the basics. West Side guided meditation. Um, um, and Yogananda stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, for me, one of the biggest things, yes, you can relax and all that stuff, but I've never been able to, obs- I've, I'm not able to get out of myself and as observe what Steve's doing. Yeah. I only get that in meditation. Yeah. Like solutions. And I'm talking about sometimes this is a, a 10, 12 minute, but consistently meditation, the biggest thing it does for me is I'm able to step out and see exactly what I'm doing. Why am I, why would I do that? Oh my God, no wonder. Like I get like moments like that and it's growing slowly. I'm not at 45 minutes, but 
do you hear that and have you heard that before and can you talk about some other benefits um to yeah, I mean, there's so many different kinds of meditation, like you, you know, Yogananda. We're talking about Thich Nhat Hanh, Zen mindfulness. There's, I mean, meditation is a term that means so many different things to so many different people. Um, you know, my core teaching and practice is is Buddhist mindfulness, Theravada and Buddhism. And one of the key things that's different uh, about mindfulness is when you're turning your attention towards your mind and you're observing the thoughts and emotions you're watching like you said that experience of sort of getting outside of yourself you wake up to like there's awareness and then there's what are you being aware of whether you're aware of your breath your body your emotions or aware of what's happening in your mind and that's where it feels like you're sort of outside of yourself because awareness is separate from the content of the mind so there's a a quality it feels like i'm observing my mind awareness is knowing what's happening in my mind and that's what's so key about, you know, a lot of meditations, you're just concentrating on your breath. You're just concentrating on your mantra. You're focusing your whole attention on a single object, which feels great because you get to ignore everything else. Huh. But it doesn't give you that shift in right. perspective. That makes sense. And relationship to your own thoughts and feelings and emotions. Right. You're just ignoring them. Tune them out. Feels great. No more fear, no more greed, right. no more hatred, no more self-centeredness. You tuned it all out. But all you did was ignore it. And only for that time. That it comes right, right back. Right. Mindfulness is like, oh, check it out. I'm, I'm being self-centered again. I'm thinking about myself. I'm, a fear is arising in my mind. Anger is arising. Uh, lust is arising. And relating to what's happening as impermanent, as I said, impermanent, impersonal, and you know unsatisfactory like you know i don't need to obey my mind and that's the biggest piece that like mindfulness helped me in my recovery you know 34 years ago i'm sitting in juvenile hall and i get the the meditation instructions and for the first time in my life i realize i don't have to obey my mind my mind's been telling me to use and steal and fight and commit crimes and i keep getting locked up and I didn't know I had a choice of whether or not I did what my mind told me to do because my mind's been giving me bad advice from day one. Day day one, like, yo, take that shit, hit that person, smoke that shit, drink that shit, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's all, they're all thoughts. All of those cravings are all thoughts. And then meditation was like, you know what? First of all, you can ignore it, bring your attention back to your breath, disobey your mind rather than going and hitting that person or doing that thing, just come back to this present here, disengage. And then eventually, as I'm saying, uh, observe it and realize, oh, that's bad advice. That's ignorance, that's fear. I don't need to obey that shit. That shit's gonna get me strung out and locked up like it has my whole life. I'm gonna stop obeying my own mind. So let me ask you this. That's a fucking concept right there, bro. Right. I've never heard it like that. (laughs) Let me ask you this, so. From when you came in, let's say, what was that, about three years ago? Yeah. Because yeah. your practice is ongoing, right? Yeah. So three years ago, you were in spot, and now you're here. What would you say has, has evolved or changed in your practice or your understanding of Buddhism in these last three years? I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard question, but I can reflect on, you know, three years ago when I was on the show, like everything had just fallen apart in my community. 
Right. You know, like I had just been canceled. My whole right. shit had just been like dismantled behind some bullshit, but it didn't matter what was true or not true. Right. The reality is I had five meditation centers. They were all closed. I had a rehab. It was closed. My reputation was destroyed. Right. So three years ago when I was sitting with you guys, I was sitting with all of this grief. I was mm. sitting with all of this loss. I was sitting with... Mm big time forgiveness practice, major resentments, major wounds. And so at that time I was doing forgiveness practice all day, every day for the people who, you know, from my perspective had caused harm to my community and to me. And um, so three years later, it's not so intense. The forgiveness isn't so intense. Right. And things have started to kind of, I've been able to rebuild against the stream and refuge recovery and, and like I've gotten this like freedom from the people, you know, the, you know, it's so painful to feel betrayed by people that you trust, including my own teachers, including, but then also the other side of that, which is easier three years later, right. is to be like, I'm so grateful to actually know who's true, right. who are right. the it's real ones in right. my right. life. Right. It's right. been right. revealed. Right. Who, who actually, you know, was or, able to even stay in conversation. Hey, you know what? Or, you get that when you go to prison yeah. for long term. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, it moves out all the bullshit. You get to find out who your real friends who, are. Who are your people? Yeah. Or, so or, three years or later, that's. Freedom from concern about what people think. 100%. I mean, I. No, I mean, certain people. I'm not saying general public, but sure. you are free of their opinion of you, whether it was true or not. You know, there's that, 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 um, that saying, and maybe it's a recovery saying, what other people think about you is none of your business. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a nice saying. I like it. Well, yeah. people think about it's you. Like, about well, yeah, it's a nice saying. Makes sense. Sure. Unless right. you're a public person. Right. Right. And then what other people think about you is your, your whole business. business. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, my own practice commitment to recovery, to Buddhism, is just a commitment to what's true. Right. So show up, tell the truth, take responsibility when I've been unskillful. I've been unskillful. I've caused harm for sure. Take responsibility, make amends. And then, you know, you can't stop people from gossiping. You can't stop people from hating. You can't stop people from holding on to false narratives, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that at that point, none of my business. Right. I'm going to show up and do what I believe to be right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've been doing. And and my practice lately, actually, I was, I was in a sweat lodge the other night. I got a, okay. I've got a lodge in my house. You did? Yeah, I was, I was in a lodge the other night um, with some friends. Our friend uh, Moke died, and we were doing a memorial uh, lodge for him and his sister. And, um, and we were talking about the suffering, and then we were talking about um, gratitude. And just how much gratitude I have. My, my life is fucking amazing, with or without external success, money, the you know um uh kind of fame all of that shit like a lot of that shit has been removed <laughs> i don't make the kind of money i used to make i don't have the kind of popularity i used to have but what i have is this sense of like i love the dharma you know the buddha's teachings i love that i have these practices i love the the recovery communities um you know, my children, my, you know, like I just have this amazing life and it's a much smaller than it used to be, but it's also not so busy. Yeah. Right. I used to be so fucking busy on the road all the time. There's something about failure 
that's like relieving. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, you know what? And what you're saying yeah. too, I think, I mean, I think about, I'm hearing what you talk about and I think maybe I, I at least me personally, I want to go deeper into, right. The, I feel like we've gone past the pop tart Buddhism stage in America. Like, so, you know, we're now past it. Everybody knows everything now. Right. Like, and it's very hard. Then. They read the book. Right. And it's very difficult once that initial conversation has been had and discovered to get people to push past that and say, OK, now we understand this is some crazy thing. Right now, how far can we take this, especially in California, especially on the West Side, because we got a lot of new age people out here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. What are some of the things when people are having conversations with you? Because I, I got to imagine that when you tell somebody about like, oh, it's about going deeper. And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, oh you bet it is. Right. How, what are some of the strategies or thoughts or experiences that you have in trying to carry the message as you see it as as skillfully as possible in this environment? You know, I mean, I live in a bubble. So it's hard. You know, like I'm not. Uh, I live in a bubble where like I have my meditation center. I've been I've been teaching my class on the west side, Santa Monica, Venice, every Monday night for 17 years. Mm. I've got my, you know, like I'm not trying to like sell some, you know, shit on Instagram like most of the meditation teachers. You know, these days like everybody's a meditation teacher and everybody's right. you know just took a yoga teacher claim class or whatever. Right. So I mean, I've got to sort of establish if people come to me probably that's what I mean by living in a bubble. The people that are coming to me are probably looking for real Buddhism. Mm. Right. They're probably looking to go deeper. To get serious uh, about that. To their, get serious right. and to learn, like, what did the Buddha actually teach yeah. and how can we really apply it to our lives? So I don't, have, I don't feel like I have a lot of that interaction mm-hmm. with... Um, you know, the spiritual shopping, you know, people right. who are, you know, going down to the yoga center to take a meditation class or, you know, now there's all these little meditation uh, centers where like they charge you money to go in and, and learn, learn meditation. I've been doing this donation based everyone's welcome class, like I said, for almost two decades now. Mm. And so the people that come know this is a Buddhist meditation center and we're coming to learn Buddhism and we're going to sit for at least 30 minutes. And it's not an intro, you know, Pop-Tart. I like Pop-Tart. <laughs> um, so I feel like I'm kind of in that place where I'm only having that conversation. Okay. I mean, some of the shit that does come up, I mean, there's a lot of questions about, like, plant medicine, psychedelics, you know, like, can we, you know, is there a shortcut? Is it cool to, like, trip balls, on, you know, and meditate? You know, like, ayahuasca ceremonies, all of that. Of course, that's a conversation that comes up a lot. Um, you know, and because I'm a recovery person, two things, because of Buddhism encourages total abstinence. Right. So including from all recreational, of course, there's an argument to be made for, uh, you know, ceremonial plant medicines that they're not recreational. When, when Steve was sponsoring me yeah. and I was newly sober, I used to try to run that game on Steve. I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, I can't do everything, but what about peyote, homie? <laughs> the, the tr- yeah, but the, part of the church. Hey, it's my religion, right. homie. That's yeah. not so. <laughs> I couldn't argue with him. Yeah. Right, and he didn't, but the truth of the matter was I got no business, me personally, mm. I got no business messing around. Right. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I just Basically, to... that's the same thing. Like for us recovering addicts, we got no business messing around. Okay, right. I want to hold you there. Uh-oh. Stop there, He's going to hold you. I'm not going to hold you. Hold him. Because we're going to talk about some things. Hold him here. tight. Yeah. Um, um, with everything that's going on with cannabis right now. Yeah. Oh, here we and go. with California 
sobriety. Yeah. Um, where, where are, you're saying that conversations are coming up about some of that. And with the legality and it becoming such a mainstream thing, yeah. I, 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 in AA, am feeling it. I'm, I'm waiting for the California uh, sobriety meetings. I'm waiting for them to start. Any day now. Yeah, yeah. Like that whole thing's gonna. There's some places, right? There's like a treatment center. Oh, where there's you can one go, in the valley, right? The go, dream yeah, center. You can yeah. go it's kick all... dope and smoke weed. Yeah, Scott right. Stewart. Yeah. Yep. Um, what? What's? What is your take? Are you hearing those conversations? What's your take on all that? Or what the, you know? I mean, of co- of course, I'm hearing it. Um, but again, because Buddhism is total abstinence from all recreational, mind-altering substances. There's not really a conversation to be had right. in, in the Buddhist context. I don't think there is in the 12-step context either. Absolutely it's not. getting tricky, or not with recreational cannabis use. Um, medicinal cannabis use, THC, it's good medicine for certain things. Uh, you know, if, if you need that as medicine for your cancer, your glaucoma, something like that, that's not recreational. That's medicinal. But there's a line between recreational and medicinal, mm. and we know when we've crossed it. Correct. Now, I think it's getting trickier around psychedelics and some of the studies that are coming out around the possible healing qualities uh, that might even help treat addiction and some of the underlying trauma under addiction with some psychedelics. I, um, like they're using ketamine now, yeah. and people are having some pretty you know, positive experiences using ketamine. I know a couple ketamine. people very close to yeah. me, very close to yeah. me, that are microdosing yep. mushrooms, yep. and they've people that have come off of their psych their depression meds or psych meds yeah and this is months down the line there are no longer on meds and i think that i'm not gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna put my i'm gonna put my finger to it i'm gonna say that i do believe that there may be something not for me i don't have those types of problems but in that either lsd mushroom i think that there is something there that's helping people i think that there is a municipal i don't think it's all a big trip could well, be, and and what I, I think this is a good place for us to even kind of and, and maybe because Buddhism, from what I understand and from what I, I, I've read or experienced to a certain extent, is the study of the mind, some uh, some of the mind, not necessarily in a psychological sense, but certainly the main problem was my mind's causing me a lot of distress. Right, the Dharmapada opens with you know your mind is like the ox dragging the cart, right, and so all right, so. What I find interesting is here in the United States especially, we are quick to point to causality. And we think we've read like, oh, this is causing this depression. Or this is, and, and, we're, and rightly, we, we want to hold a space for people who biochemically, for whatever reason, have some kind of mechanical <laughs> problem. But the issue is, is that it's still uncertain whether the biochemistry is caused by how the mind uh, how you use your mind because that can be the case you can actually change your brain chemistry by you not making choices with the what you're going to focus on making choices on what you're going to do and then and then so they don't have it's still not clear is one thing causing the other and i think maybe one of the most revolutionary things that buddhism has to offer us is that you control your mind there's a lot of people are going to, I probably lost a bunch of people as friends, and they're like, oh, fuck you, Chumahan, you don't know what I've been through. And I, okay. But I'm just saying, that's revolutionary in, in our day and age now for someone to say, you are responsible. You control what you think. Well, I would just, want, I would just reframe it a little it. bit as not that you do control your mind, but that with long-term meditative practice,
practice, you can train your mind. Right, which would be right. a sense so there's of... There's the potential to do it, but the reality is almost nobody's doing it. Right. They're actually training their mind to change their relationship to it. Right, so, so, so that's exactly right. So the issue is, is that should you choose to, you can choose what thought you're going to follow, which one you're going to ignore. If you're right? normal. No. I, listen, we're holding a space for, for people who, quote unquote, aren't normal, okay? I'm not saying that. But I am also saying that it's pretty tricky, especially when you have so much self-reporting, so much self-reporting in, listen, I ran a fucking sober living too, okay? And we had a bunch of rich kids who had access to all the, the psychological sure. magazines, and they knew exactly what to tell so-and-so to get the meds they wanted. Of course. All right. And we also, and this is totally under, understood or even underemphasized. We are so inundated with advertising that has screwed up our thinking that we don't realize that by the time kids are 11 or 12, they've got a sense of causality and a lack of understanding that they have a potential to control their mind that, that, that these kids have a hard time even saying like, oh, wait, what are you talking? I mean, I'll tell you one. King Salmon's son, great kid, and I love him. And we had a conversation about the mind because he was having to do some work for the fucking brain. And I, we were going through it, and I was just reading the Wikipedia page. I don't know shit. And I'm just talking to him. And at some point, he turned to me and said, but doesn't my brain control me? He, and he's like you know, 11 when he asked me. That's a legitimate question to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, that is true, but also you can steer the brain. Now, it started to get a little too much for him at 11, but from his mind, it was confusing to him. Wait a second. This is my brain. It controls everything in my body. So how can I control that? Now we have a real expert here. I know. You're a humble man. Let me say it. Uh, how do you control your How can you tell an 11-year-old in America, you know what? Yes, your brain can, can control you, but you can control your brain. Well, it's just what we've been talking about, which is, and even for an 11-year-old, like my kids will meditate with me sometimes. The first thing is, and it's just that experience that I had sitting in juvie, you can choose to not pay attention to your mind first. That there's awareness is separate than the content of our mind. What are you bringing your awareness to? Are you bringing your awareness to what your mind is doing, your brain is doing? Or are you bringing awareness to what your body's doing right now, sitting here on this couch, standing bringing your attention to the breath that that's the first Sleeping. piece which is like oh i can choose what i pay attention to i can't control my mind but i can ignore my mind mm -hmm. that's huge and once you learn that and you can start disengaging intentionally then you can start choosing oh okay this really negative afflictive thought has arisen let me just come back to my breath let me ignore it let me disengage from it let me not obey it mm. so that's the first step and then when you're meditating for a while you start turning towards your mind and observing it and getting and you said it juman um that discernment like oh this is a wise thought this is kindness this is love this is generosity this is wisdom mm. let me check that let me hang out with that mind state that's that's where i want to live Oh, this is greed. This is hatred. This is delusion. Let me not give my attention to that. And that discernment 
it's almost like serenity prayer shit where it's like you know accepting like your mind's going to do what it's going to do but where's the courage to make the change and ignore and not obey the thoughts that are harmful to us mm. and and you know where's that wisdom to know the difference between what are wise thoughts and what are unwise thoughts because we do have a brain and even the buddha fully enlightened buddha he said even after i was a fully awakened being this character Mara, which maybe in most cultures, we, you know, in the West we call the devil. Yeah. He said, well, still fuck with me. Right. <laughs> Mara kept coming with lust, with doubt, with fear, with anger. And those are just thoughts. Mm. Before enlightenment, he said, I suffered about that shit, man. I was, uh, that was the cause of my suffering. After mindfulness, and I saw that's not who I am. Those are just thoughts and feelings, part of our human survival instinct. Then he just said, I see you, Mara, relating to those difficult emotions rather than believing them, incarnating as them, and suffering about them. So this idea of controlling our mind, it's, it needs to be reframed, I think, into how we relate to our mind with the acceptance that no matter what, you're still going to have difficult emotions. You're right. never going to be free from doubt, from fear, from anger, from lust, from that shit's just part of the human condition. So, so this is great. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So then I run into people or have experience with people whose baseline is that I should be happy first. That's the baseline. I'm happy. And then they find that they, they have all these difficulties in their thinking and their feeling, their emotions, right? Intrusive thoughts about pushing people off a bridge, all that stuff, right? <laughs> so, uh, and sometimes, so what do you think about that? Like what's the, what, if someone's feeling unhappy, does that make them abnormal? No, not at all. I mean, this is the problem, right? This is like, I don't know where this comes from. Maybe it's Judeo-Christian, you know, pure. I don't know where the fuck I think it's McDonald's commercials. It might be capitalism. <laughs> it, might, it might be Western capitalism. But this is where I, I love Buddhism, which starts with like, actually, unhappiness is the norm. Right. Suffering, first noble truth. We are all suffering some, not all the time, right. but we all have some sadness, some unhappiness, some struggle that we're going through. It's, you know, and then, hey, you want to get happy? You want to get free? Here's what you need to do. Not happiness is your birthright. And if you're not happy, you're doing something wrong. Right. Unhappiness is your fucking birthright. Right. And if you want to be happy, you're going to have to train your fucking mind. I try to tell people that. They go, I'm not happy. Something's wrong with me. I go, listen, let me tell you something. 
Like, if you look at some of the Tibetan monks or whoever these monks are, think about what they had to give up to reach whatever they reached. They fucking cut their hair off, gave away all their shit, left their family. Buddha had sons. He's like, fucking peace out. I'm going to go get enlightened, right? And they had to do all that shit just Thank to you. get to that place. Yeah. So you're sitting here in the middle of fucking Whole Foods, yeah. right? Yeah. Buying your organic fucking wheat berries. Yeah. And you're not feeling super happy right now. Maybe that's just because that's where you're starting at. That's just normal. Yeah, and I think you're you know you're right with the the McDonald's, the fucking advertising, marketing. You know, oh, it's, it's you can incessant. purchase it. You should be able to purchase it. Oh, if you have the yeah. right stuff, then you know, then you should be happy. And and there's nothing more disappointing than getting everything that you wanted. The only thing and that, realizing God, that shit damn, didn't work. Has right? I have a story. I have a story Tell to it. talk about. In my first recovery, right, and I'm about, <clears throat> I put together almost five years. But at four years, I sat in my second home that I purchased with my cabbage knot in my pocket, five pairs of every tennis shoe, three pairs of every sunglass, and the penthouse pet fiance, right? Mm. Everything I wanted materialistically. Mm. I sat down on the edge of my bed in my room, and I realized... The hole that was in me since a kid was still there. Mm. And at that fucking moment, I knew, I knew in my gut that I was in trouble. And it was that moment that it all started to slowly come apart. It only took another six months at that place before I made the plan and burned everything down. Man. But um, I was under the assumption that so many people are. I grew up poor, grew up without money. Money was the problem. If I just had money and I could take care of things, I'll be all right. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. the money. Yeah. Or if I could get the girl, or if I could just have a home, or get the, and everything had lined up for me. Yeah. I, this experience needed to happen for me in this life. Yeah. Right. And not that I don't forget, but it was like the the number one experience. It, it showed me the truth, bro. They're never. It's never going to be enough. It's never going to fix me. But at 5.30 this morning, I might have been on some other shit again. You know what I'm saying? It's like unless I'm staying in it and practicing. And um, I just heard something with Mike Tyson, when, when the little clip today. And they were like, uh, he goes, Mike Tyson, what's going on? He goes, I'm, I'm happy. And he goes, why are you happy? He goes, because I have no more money. <laughs> he goes, well, you have no more money? He goes, yeah, I have no more people down my throat and on me. So right. I'm happy now because I don't have anything. Yeah. All right. And, you know, these types of fucking things, bro, like as I have. I'm in my 50s. I'm starting to really like different stuff like that. And what we're talking about mm. is beginning to really, really resonate with me and have me change perception, open me up to try different things. All right. I'll tell you one. Mm. I went to against the stream when you guys were over and I think it might have been in Hollywood. Melrose. Melrose. And you had that place and went in lots of cushions and all the incense and all. So real, it was a heavy duty scene, man. And I went in there. <laughs> <laughs> and Noah Levine was, you know, we, and we did. We did the meditation or whatever, and he was there, and I was all excited. But I'm also one of these attention, uh, what do you call that, an attention Seekers? whore? Yeah. 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 Seeker. Seeker. That I am. I am. Let's, let's, tell, let's tell the this, truth. We know. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> right? I got to ask a question, right? When yes. you go through the question and answer, I'm like, oh. Come on. You're with your team, bro. Yeah, we right. know who you are. Right, right, right. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, this might be a shock. So I read that. And you were talking about money. Right. And you were saying like, this ain't gonna be and I remember being a wise ass and being like, yeah, but I want to 
get a lot of money first so I can learn what you just said. Like, I'd rather get rich right. and find out. I want to find out myself. Uh, and, dude, you, he cracked the whip on me, dude. It was What'd like, I can't, he said something to me. I He said it to everybody. He got kind of serious. Like, he was, he got serious, and I felt like, when I read these, like, you know, different stories in the old times about, like, those monks going into the abbot monk and trying to prove that they had learned something. And then he just, like, you know, with one word, like, whoosh, and no, uh, you don't know. You get back to fucking, you got work to do, son. Right. That's exactly, you did. And I appreciated that. And I was like, you know what? That guy's right. Maybe he's right. He gave me a, a, little, a little thing and enough of a sharp tone to make me take notice, which is something like me. I'm an idiot, so I need to hear that kind of I thing. want to tell you. I want to share this with you. Go Are ahead. you yeah. I want to share this. <laughs> yeah. I made a post the other day. There's different, types of, um, there's different types of patterns that have been going on through my life, and there's a pattern that comes up somewhere between two and three years of sobriety, and that pattern is... I come in and, and I build a lot. I want to do all this stuff, build it. And it all starts coming to life. And then I get to a place where it's, it's all going, right? And now I've missed all the beautiful things in my life. And it gets to the point where all I can do is focus on what and what's not going right. And I start to lose sight of everything that works. I, I start to lose sight of my kids, my current situation, my, all of it, man. And I become tunnel visioned on what's not working or what's not right. And that brings me to this place of misery. I'm no longer looking at my life. Now I'm consumed and overwhelmed. And um, and a lot of times it sent me down, right? And, you know, working with Jason and and living in gratitude and and gratitude being a very big key for me to bring me in. um, I've just had some aha moments over the last few weeks, man, of... I felt like I've I've made posts where I talk about gratitude, but I don't really think I was grat- really gratitude because over the last couple of weeks I've been struck with so I'm getting chills thinking about it. Where I was walking in my car and stopped and was like looked around and I was like, dude, what the fuck am I talking about? What the fuck kind of how do I have a complaint on anything? How the where do I get off complaining about shit? God gives me everything, everything. All the time, over and over, you know? Um, and it's like, I don't know, bro, just, uh, oh, I just want to share that, man. It's like meditation, bro. When I'm not doing it, I go there, bro. And for me to clean it back up, Jason's like, are you meditating? Are you praying? Are you meditating? And it, that's usually a piece that's been left alone, left alone, left alone. So what did you hear? What? So you, that's interesting. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. What are you hearing, really? And like in your intuition and what you're hearing, what Steve is telling you, and what is coming across from that? I mean, I love this conversation, and it's just so, like we're all just sharing, like this is the human condition, that repetitive craving. This is the Buddha's second noble truth. And that that even when we have that big aha, that story around like, fuck, I had it all, it didn't work. I need to, and then and then I fucking burned it all down. Right. And now I need to remember that, but it's not enough having that experience. It doesn't stop your mind from right. continuing to crave and continuing to tell you. And even the question you asked me 10 years ago whenever it was, I don't really remember, but it's such a classic question of like, well, maybe I need to get everything. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Cuz of course our mind says that. Mm-hmm. The craving of our mind says, yeah, but and also that self-centeredness that says, but I'd be different. Right. You know, oh, yeah. I know when people win the lottery, 
Right. They're unhappy. Reported. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about me. Uh, I would be different. You I haven't would be seen my super moves happy on the field. if I won right. the lottery. Right. right. I would, you know. Ah, come on. Come on. I mean. So it's just like, this is just, I'm, I, I love I love it because this is all of us just talking about like, yeah, this is what it's like to be a person. Right. right. To, have right. A, to have a mind that craves and is self-centered and is, you know, and it's, and it's repetitive. That's the key is that no matter how much wisdom you got 10 years ago or last week, where is it right now? This is where mindfulness right. is. Where is it? In, am I on point in this moment? Have I been my, meditating? Have I been praying? Have I been being of service? Have I been getting out of my self-centered, fear-based, normal condition to be, you know, of service to some other people and and uh, get some freedom from that? You know, it's interesting that you use the word selfish, and I'm curious to hear both you and Big Lex's thoughts about this. But on the one hand. You know, somebody who's stuck in that sort of cycle, you can say, yeah, it's about me, it's selfish, and da-da-da. Then I feel myself also wondering, but wait a second, is it selfish? Because if they were really selfish, they wouldn't blow up their life every single time. It, so how, how, do you, how do you guys navigate that thought? Like, is it really selfish? Because if it was really about me for real, I wouldn't be blowing up my life. Right. What do you think about that? I mean, I don't know. My initial thought reflection is that, you know, selfish, self-centeredness can come in inflation, mm. vanity, mm. ego. I'm the shit. Mm. And it can also come in self-hatred, low self-esteem, self-centered. Right. Oh, I'm a I'm piece shit, of shit. shit. Right, right. right. <laughs> and so it can still be that self-based I, me, mine that is having us burn our shit down because of our feelings of unworthiness mm. or the disappointment of like, I got everything I wanted and it didn't, it didn't work. work. Right. What do you think, Steve? I, I, I got to agree. I agree with exactly what he said. And, but I hear your question. If you're really selfish, then you don't want anything gone. Right. Oh, I want everything here. Mine. Not, but it, it's kind of like what he said, man. I agree with exactly what he said makes sense luna you've heard the men speak it is now time for the council of 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 the moon to talk what do you think about everything that you've heard please oh man i really enjoyed just listening to you talk noah um i feel like we're talking about like training our mind i feel like um with sobriety especially i think people can have um a little a little bit more training with that and choosing you know not to go pick up dope or whatever mm. so you start to learn to train your mind in that way and then i do remember reading that when you do that like then you the neuroplasticity in your brain grows mm. and then also just like the the like we all have those still just because you know, you start making these positive changes and, and your life's going better. Um, those, those lust, greed, you know, selfish thoughts don't go away, but kind of sitting, like sitting with them also is, is, are choosing different thoughts to sort of meditate on. Um, I don't know. I guess that still goes with like the the training your mind of. Um, God, sorry. What am I trying to say? It doesn't matter. You said it all. <laughs> it was beautiful. Thank you. Now to the council of audio. 
we now turn to a true uh, meditation master. He, he did Vipassana for an entire week. Vow of silence. He beat out someone. Ten days. Ten days. Beat out a Mormon. Mormon couldn't cut it, had to leave. <laughs> Isn't that true? Uh, Jehovah Witness. Jehovah Witness. What up? Same difference. Same difference. All right. All right. No, no, no. Jehovah. I don't like Mormons and I don't like Jehovah Witness. All right. All right. It's an Indian. I'm telling you. Okay. All right. Here we go. Indio. Just listen. We're not the lost tribe of Israel. I respect the tribe of Israel, but we're not. Okay, Mormons can forget that. All right, please, uh, Vipassana. What would you like? Sure. What's your question? Uh, we've heard, you've heard everyone speak. Now it is time for the wisdom from the, the eyes of blue to tell us. Um, it's a great conversation. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for questioning me. You're very welcome. And now, Schwartz. Council of Weed. Yeah, no, uh, you know, Steve actually called me up a few days ago. I think kind of when you were having... Um, some of those thoughts and he reminded me I mean my mother's been going through a lot of health problems I've been dealing with a lot of hectic shit and he just was like dude he's like if you don't pay attention to you and breathe and think it's gonna take you down and um, yeah it was really impactful and I've tried to do some uh Pop-Tart meditation, like mm-hmm. five minutes, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, I've done it, you know, and it's been helpful just to focus on my breathing and shut that out. But yeah, it's a totally different thing. Like you can shut it out and relax, which that's what I'm using it for right now. But to get to another step where you're examining things, that's, you know, somebody's getting there. Somebody said, and I just heard it and I had shared it with him. And somebody had said to the extent of, if you don't take the time in your life every day to shut down, quiet the mind, listen to your soul, listen to your words, listen to your body, feel, sit in silence. If you don't do that, you will start to begin the chitter, the, to believe the chitter chatter, the noise, the politics, oh, mm. and you'll begin to follow that path because you'll believe that it's real. right? If you're not tuned in. And when they, when I heard that, I was like, the fuck that's exactly right for me the less that i'm doing that the more i'm believing in all this fake shit start buying into it um and i think i was shit kind of sure yeah you shared like that, that with you and you were talking about the gifts like what am i complaining about like we have everything gratitude, like, right? yeah, mm-hmm. gratitude. walking around santa monica drinking clean water we're not in a fucking war we're not in we Ukraine, have food we're like right. and you start going through the list and 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 i and i love a gratitude list you know, gratitude lists work for me, for a guy like me, you know, start doing it in my head and, you know, halfway through it, I start to begin to change. But, for but sure. even that gratitude list is something that I think of when I'm meditating Yeah. when I'm not. One of the things that I'm grateful for is that now is the time for the drawing of the energy. We have a palm... <laughs> A palmist, mm-hmm. and we have a great spiritual master. <laughs> Look at him. He's like, <laughs> okay. Oh, so, one. Luna, come on, oh, bring your chair. Oh, bring. Hey, oh, boy. Hey, uh, Schwartz, can you help her with the mic yeah. and get it all over here? Listen, this is a. Uh, here no we go. pressure. A con- no, sh- no pressure, Noah. Don't be nervous. All right, here we go. So, uh, this is Don't Luna. Don't she, be scared. She's very good at what Don't she does. Don't let fear Don't take be scared. Right she right said right? that blue eyes. I see eyes you, Mara. Is- <laughs> 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 Ain't afraid of you, Mara. Uh, blue, he, she predicted divorce and blue eyes' yeah. future. All right, there. <laughs> here we go. Hey, you say that again, this guy's going to get mad. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, Let's. Sh- is this your. Which hand do you write with? Your right, right hand? Yeah. Okay, so that's your dominant hand. And let's see. I want to see. 
especially. Take your time. Ooh. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I'm. You don't, don't distract. You That's don't Mara. have any spirit. I hear you, Mara. You don't have any spirit. Can you guy? be quiet and no. let the woman read? <laughs> no, shut up. Let her Turn read. this fucking mic off. <laughs> shut the fuck up already. All this I'm shut saying, up. Shut up. <laughs> Stop it. Shut the fuck up. All right. Shut your mouth. I'm saying ooh because he doesn't have any spirit guides, but maybe that's because you're so enlightened and in tune. You don't you don't need them. Also, that I wanted to let you know that the the hands on your lines change over time. So, um, all right, go ahead, get in there now. Maybe you're gonna need some in the future, and they'll return. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything now. This is too good. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, no, no. I don't want. <laughs> You also have very like uncomplicated hands, like um, Ali. Ali, yeah. Um, your ma- your major lines, your heart, your head, and your life are like really uh, deep and clear. Um, oh wow, you're. Oh. 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 Um, oh. Wow. Here we go. Here you we also go. have like the the heart line that goes all the way. I thought it went all the way up to like your fingers because of the way. Your hand was placed, but hey, Luna, where what, you're. Uh, what does that mean when the heart line goes all the way to the fingers? I don't. I mean, that would be like somebody that's like extremely putting everybody else before them. Yeah, maybe wow. like wow. the the bodhisattva. Yeah, I was gonna say. Is it possible like that, that we have the bodhisattva? No way. No way. <laughs> no, 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 you're way humble. too. Way you're too humble. No, no, no. You're humble. I get it. You but his that. goes, I think, further up than I've ever seen. So you are definitely putting others first, sometimes to your own detriment, though. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you also, your headline does have that big split here, which could mark like times of um, depression, mental breaks, things like that. So maybe for you, that was three years ago being, <laughs> being canceled. Um, also, let's see here. Your, again, your life and headline. You all have, like, very similar lines. That must be why you all are hanging out here. Yeah, um, for your, sure. I was telling, I think, Steve had it, Ali, where your head and lifeline uh, begin independently, whereas most people, it starts together. Um, so you were very independent and strong-willed at a young age, either by like choice or circumstance. That is true. Yep. Um, and then I think you also have the Phoenix Eye, which we were uh, Chumahan has. It's where above in that middle f- line of your finger, the phalange. Um, there's kind of like that double line and that's also like um, just strong intuition seeing things intuitive intuitively or like um, strong interest in spirituality and the unseen Uh, oh you do have a mystic cross again more of that strong sense of spirituality let me see your mounts you have a uh, Jupiter, Saturn, and Apollo. They're very, very fleshy. Um, that means you're. I think you were the only one that had a, a Jupiter mount very pronounced, which means you're like a strong leader. Um, this means you're accountable, dependable, responsible. Um, your Mercury is also a little bit defined. Um, you also let me see. What does it what mean? What are your travel lines? 
He also doesn't have a lot of travel lines either, but maybe because you're not going to other places physically, you're going to other places that liter- in your life. Is that literally <laughs> about like traveling? Um, yeah, it's about like a um, past lives or or actually physically traveling. What does a defined Mercury mound mean? Mercury, um, that's on your <laughs> pinky. Yeah, what does that mean? Uh, that's, I believe, like more creative. Yeah. Okay, very yeah. good. Wow. So um, now, broke it down. Spiritual master uh, Noah Levine. I'll say it. You don't say it. You're humble. <laughs> what does 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 that ring true to you? Does that resonate with you? Sure. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot in there, and um, yeah. I mean, I hope that I'm. I've tried to dedicate my life to service and to to helping other people. Um, I believe in a balance of self-care and not mm. not always putting everybody else. I hope I'm not totally codependent and mm. just enabling everybody all the time. Yeah. <laughs> nice guys, um, nice guys finish last. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So I, I I believe in a balance of service and uh, you know taking care of business. Mm-hmm. Sure. But um, yeah, interesting. I've actually never had my palm read. Oh wow! So that was cool. Wow! wow. Yeah, yeah. Listen, that's a huge endorsement, <laughs> right? Luna, tell them where you're at. Luna, what? what? Luna dot tristeza dot palmistry. All right, very good. Yeah, get your get your hand read by the same uh, palm reader for no one of you. A palm reader yeah. to the stars, to the gurus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. Levine, uh, where can people find out more about what you do? Against the stream. Yeah. AgainstTheStream.com for people interested in in Buddhist meditation stuff. We got a bunch of silent meditation retreats coming up. Mm. Y'all should come. We he, got, why did you point at me when you yeah, said that? Yeah, yeah, he pointed <laughs> right at you. Yeah. He's like, you need to bring, shut the fuck bring up. Bringing Schwartz through. Uh-huh. Right. And, um, no weed, buddy. No recreational weed, bro. And then uh, Refuge Recovery. People, you know, they're interested. They're in recovery. Come check out Refuge Recovery. Uh, RefugeRecovery.org. There's lots of Zoom meetings. There's lots of in-person meetings in Los Angeles, other places all over the world. So Against the Stream and Refuge Recovery, those are mine. How, how many days are the retreats? There's a three day in May. There's a seven day in October. So three to seven. Cool. Oh, All right. He approves. Yeah. Blue, oh, blue eyes approves. Yeah, yeah. All right. Very good. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, Sean at movemental.media. www.movemental.media. Yes. Also, www.hardlookshow.com. Uh, please, please go check out the LA Crime mixtape. Go check out. Uh, Art of War, Art of War, Art of War, Art, Art of War audiobook, audiobook by the, by Hard Luck Show. We're right now working on the book of Five Rings coming uh, soon. Audiobook coming soon, and, and I'm gonna make. Well, go ahead. Proto episodes Proto coming episodes. soon. The early episodes yeah. that never aired because we weren't skillful yet, but they're fucking fantastic. And let me add one more. I'm gonna throw this out there, and you can say yes or no, Mr. Levine. But I say this: What do you think about? Hard Luck Show Dharmapada audio book with Noah Levine. Absolutely. What do you think about that? You know, I mean, I'm happy to talk to you guys about it. I'm not a huge fan of the Dhammapada. That's why you should do it. I keep it. I keep it to the suttas. You know, Dhammapada is is a controversial text. Is it? Might have been written, you know, hundreds of years later. Well, I think it was, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen. Some Old Testament, New Testament shit. Well, bring it. I mean, bring that knowledge. Trying to keep it old school over here. I love it. There it is. I think think you just have to work on it a little bit more to figure out exactly how we go. No, I think the suttas, if you want to. We could do some suttas. Oh, that'd be dope, man. That'd be dope. That would be some heavy shit. We're getting a lot of our listeners turning them on to like, 
meditation stuff like yeah, this. Yeah. Right. They're like really receptive. You know, it'd be interesting to do like a like a life of the Buddha. You know, of you know, like yeah. talking about how gangster this dude was to like yes, walk that's away. what we should do, yeah. bro. Yeah. About, life of Buddha. You know, walking yeah. away and then starting a revolution. Yes, because at Let's the know. time, at the time, from what I understand, right, he studied with the best yogis of the best of the best and did everything they did, and nothing happened. Yeah. Right. Right? right, and so he said, "Fuck it, yeah. I got to go on my own." I yeah. guess. Yeah. Wow, that's dude. A heavy shit. And people think uh, the Buddha is some like, right, you know, heavy. Jo- jovial fucking like that statue, fat dude like at the, the Chinese, Chinese restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. We should do it. We should do the Buddha story. Oh, dude, if you really want to get serious, hard luck show with Buddha. Him? Yeah, with Fuck Noah Levine. Yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? Hell yeah, Noah. Who's harder than the Buddha? Who's harder than Noah Levine? Who's harder than the fucking Buddha and Noah Levine? What's harder than the hard luck show? <laughs> What's harder than fucking white rice? <laughs> What's harder than cold steel? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, All right. Hey, 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 what's harder than palm reading? www.supermaxhardware.com. Check us out. We have a new spring collection dropping in about a month, three weeks. Cookies, Vibes Rolling Papers, Enzo's Pizzeria, Pico Youth and Family Center. Shout out to Oscar. Shout out to Alex. The city of Santa Monica. And all the homies Pulpo. and my yeah, kids. Yeah. Pulpo beard oils. Pulpo beard oils. And I oils. also wanted to add that cool jewels. 99.9% yeah. of the stuff you buy won't fill the hole in your stuff, but Supermax will. Supermax yep. hardware. Supermax. That's you the one. You look like that, you'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> Stop you blowing up your of life and buy a good. fucking yeah. Supermax hardware right, shirt. Right. Right. That'll change. That'll make you happy, right? <laughs> all right. You guys it, work. It's all been said, man. So as we do about this time, adios. Amigos. Oh, Michelangelo Photography, uh, Ali, Cosmic, Cosmic Demise, Ovando Bowen LLP. Against the screen. Check it out. Noah Levine. Thank you. Adios, amigos. I'm like, shit, I might, it's like Twilight Zone. I might go in and might not come out, so you know. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.